We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wale Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. If you've been following this ministry, you would know without a doubt that the word of direction the Lord gave us concerning the year 2022 is that this is our year of His glory. Isaiah chapter number 60 from verse number 1 to 2. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse number 2. Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Hallelujah. He says, but his glory is going to be revealed upon you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And um, we've established what glory is. Hallelujah. How many of you connected to Recharge this last Wednesday? Or you were here in the auditorium. How many people? Would you please celebrate Lady T for that amazing session? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. If you missed that service, you need to go back on YouTube and go watch. She spoke on a message titled, His Glory Speaks. And she shared with us how truly the glory of the Lord, you know, speaks in our lives. So this moment, our thought should then begin to pick up critical facets of our lives and see how the glory of the Lord can be revealed in each of these facets. Hallelujah. And to start with this morning, let's take a look at the home. So I brought you this message simply titled, His Glory in Your Home. His Glory in Your Home. If media could please display that banner for you all to see, that would be great. His Glory in Your Home. Hallelujah. How the glory of the Lord should be revealed in our home. In case you feel you do not have a home, for example, by home I do not mean a house. The word there is home, meaning that a place consisting of father, mother, and children, or father, I mean a family unit. That's exactly what I'm talking about this morning. So in case you are watching or you are listening right now and you feel, oh, but I'm not married, then consider this to be how the glory of the Lord can be made manifest in your marital destiny. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. In the scripture we read, we saw the essence of union between man and wife by God. Bible says specifically in verse number 18 of that Genesis chapter number 2. It says he will make him a helper. It says comparable to him. The word comparable there is similar. A helper, same as him. A helper comparable there it simply means someone who shares, you know, same value, who is going the same direction, who is heading in the same path, you know, as you are heading. That's what the word of the Lord is saying. So the coming together of a man and a woman for the purposes of procreations. Okay, and I'm pitching a little bit around here. Could you please help me? The coming together of man and woman for the purposes of procreations and dominion or influence, they were part of God's plans for man. And to further confirm how much the joining or the coming together of a man and a woman is to God, the very first miracle recorded in the scripture that Jesus ever performed while he was on the face of the earth was performed at a marriage ceremony. His glory in your home. Hallelujah. Let's see Genesis chapter number 2, 21 to 25. Let me just quickly read that to further give us some understanding. Genesis chapter number 2, 21 to 25. Glory to Jesus. 
Genesis chapter number 2, verses 21 to 25 reads, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Verse number 22, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. In other words, God created Eve, you know, from the ribs of Adam. And verse number 23 says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. Glory to Jesus. I hope somebody's with me this morning. So this coming together, we saw this unveiled by Jesus at a wedding ceremony when he turned water to wine. John chapter number 2, verses 1 to 11. That was the first miracle recorded in the scripture that our Lord and Savior Jesus ever performed. Maybe you've not heard it said before or you really do not understand the weight of it. You see, the home is the singular most important unit in any society. The way any society is going to be turned out or is going to, you know, turn out will be dependent on the values and the systems surrounding homes in the same society. The one who grew up today, you know, to become a murderer, for example, just didn't choose to become a murderer. The one, for example, who is addicted to drugs, you know, just didn't choose, you know, a child cannot be born tomorrow and then chose to be addicted to drugs. Hallelujah. Brother Ron, could you please stand up, sir, and come towards this side of the auditorium? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You can pick your jacket, go through the back, celebrate Jesus in his life. And going forward, sir, that's going to be your, um, your, your area. where he's gonna be. Please guest him. Always lead him to the extreme seat on that area whenever he's in church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the home is the singular most important unit in any society. That's the singular most important unit. And what do I mean by saying it is the singular most important unit? It simply means that our society is going to pan out to be dependent on the strength of a house. Of a house. The one addicted to drugs, for example, alcohol or any form of stuff, for example, if you ask them very well, they will tell you. They engaged in those things because they grew up seeing their father, their mother, their uncle, their aunt, their sibling. In their environment, people were doing that. So by default, those children, I mean, as children, they picked up the same tendencies. If you see a society that is functional, a society that is working, it simply means that the home system is working. The moment the home becomes dysfunctional, it means that the society will be at the brunt. When I talk about the society, I'm talking about the entirety of the world. I'm talking about the systems in church. I'm talking about the organizations. I'm talking about the marketplace. I'm talking about the mall. I'm talking about everything. That's what you'd find. So for a society to advance, it will be on the home. You see, and the devil knows this very well. And this actually is one of the reasons why the devil always strikes the family. Causes disunity between husband and wife, between children, you know, and their parents. Because the moment he strikes and he succeeds at doing those things, he has captured the society. He's taking over the destiny of that life. 
You see, and the pace or the rate is quite very, what word should I use now? It's quite very exponential because um, a, a, a dysfunctional home has at least 90, 95% you know, capacity to raise a dysfunctional child. So when that child grows up being dysfunctional, it simply means that the dysfunctionality in that child, he or she also carries the same dysfunctionality into his own home or her own home. And the cycle then continues. The cycle then continues. The cycle then continues. That is the source and the genesis of the decadence you find in the society today. So I wasn't gobsmacked when the Lord spoke to me and then said that I should, you know, have the people who were not dedicated at birth to have them come forward. What we did here, for those of you who were in the auditorium last Sunday or connected to service last Sunday, what we did here last Sunday was much more than just having them to just say, hey, you've just been brought into the temple. No. I did that by the Spirit of the Lord to break the yoke and to break their hold or to, 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 to take off the root, you know, of that dysfunctionality. And without a doubt, I'm persuaded that everyone who stepped out yesterday, when their children begin to give birth, even to their children's children, they would remember, we need to take them to God's house. It is through God, in God, and by God, that a home is transformed. His glory in your home. Hallelujah. <coughs> glory to God. So the devil knows this. That's the reason why he keeps fighting. He keeps causing, fighting homes and causing instability in them. Because he knows. Once the home is in unity, he's in trouble. Bible tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4 verses 9 to 12. It says two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4 verses 9 to 12. It says two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labors. See, let me let you understand. I know that there are some of you who've made up your mind and you said, oh no, I'm never going to get married. I want to remain single. If you choose to, that's fine. But don't choose to because of some experiences or some pains that you've had. You need to allow God to break through you, in you, walk in you, and walk through you, and break that hold. Because you see, marriage institution uh, was not man's idea. It was God's idea. If it wasn't that important, um, God wouldn't have instituted it. And that's something that we all should know. If it wasn't important for a man and a woman to come together, uh, God wouldn't have instituted it. And in case you're under the sound of my voice right now and you're saying you've given up you know, on relationships, you've given up on marriage, you've given up on building a family, I beseech you by the mercies of the Lord to open up your spirit this morning and let the spirit of the Lord overflow you and do the work of corrections in your spirit, in your soul, and in your mind and let him correct you, let him heal you because the reason why a good chunk of people saying you are against being married or against against whom it's actually because of some hurts they've suffered in the past so the more you maintain that stance it's a proof that you've actually not been healed of the past hurt and past pains and past experiences and I'm praying for you all under the sound of my voice this morning that the Lord himself will give you the capacity 
to let go and it will heal you in the mighty name of Jesus he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor glory to God the never says for if the fall one will lift up his companion if one falls the other one will lift him up he says but woe to him who is alone when he falls because he has no one there to help him take a look at the next verse he says again if two lie down together they will keep warm he says but how can one be warm alone Verse 12, it says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Did you see that? A threefold cord is not easily broken. Take the threefold in there to be you, your spouse, and God. A threefold cord, that a union built on Christ is not easily broken. I'm not saying as I continue to progress into the teaching, I'll share more light with you. But I'm not saying that your home may be without hazards, may be without issues. That's not what I'm teaching or preaching this morning. He will come, but you must be smart enough to constantly remind yourself of the reason why you are coming together as husband and wife. I didn't marry my wife just because she's beautiful or just because I love her. No, I did also to be able to fulfill the commandment of the Lord. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. That was God's instruction. Glory to Jesus. God desires that a son and a daughter of his could come together. Unite forces together and advance his kingdom. Bible teaches us, it says, one will chase a thousand. It says, two will put ten thousand to flight. 32, 32nd chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number, verse number 30. Deuteronomy 32, verse 30. One will chase a thousand, two will put ten thousand to flight. There is force in unity. Did you hear me? There is force in unity. The moment there is no unity in the home, what happens is the devil, it's like a cracked wall. You give the devil the room to, op- to penetrate in and scatter the home. One of the things that God desires is for you uh, to walk into his house on service days, Sundays or Wednesdays. You, your husband or your wife and your children go into the Lord's temple together. It was Joshua who declared. He says, as for me and my house, that is, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Glory to Jesus. Bible tells us concerning the story of Hannah. He would take even Ekana, the husband. He would go, you know, to Shiloh, year in, year out, with the entirety of his family. When you're coming to church, don't ever leave any member of your family at home. Don't. And like I share with parents all the time too, in case you wake up one day and you don't feel like coming to church, think about your children. Because I'm very, very certain that those kids sometimes, they they, they can choose to ditch you if they have the power and the means and come to church. Thank God for the kind of upbringing and the kind of parents that we have. Very early Sunday morning, as early as 6, 6.30, 7, everybody was already in church. You're not back home until like 4 p.m. 
It's going to be one meeting after another meeting, one meeting after another meeting. See, you know, my wife and I were in the U.S. like um, sometimes in November. One of the connections, one of the persons that I reconnected with was someone older than me whom we grew up together in this. I hadn't seen him in the past 25 years thereabout. Grew up together in the same church. After service, we'll be hopping from one vehicle to another. That from one family car to another family car. The kids alone in the car, chatting, gisting, playing, sharing about schools. We'll see each other in school. We would celebrate one another. We refer to one another as a family. These were the values that built somebody like me up. What are we leaving for our own children? The Lord's desire is for his glory to be seen in your home. I know for my children, for example, if I give them the choice to say, today I don't feel like going to church. Would you guys go to church or you stay back at home? I bet they'd say they're coming to church. They'll meet their friends. They know there'll be snacks there for them. They know they'll play. Don't deny them. So this also is the reason why you see marriage is challenged all over the globe. Marriages are challenged. Not just non-believers, even believers' marriages. They are challenged. It's always one issue after another. You know, I'm quite very active on social media. And there is this lady, you know, online who people send, um, what do you call it, anonymous um, um, messages and counsels too. So I'm one of our background counselors. So when you present stuff to somebody like that, she would refer it to me, you know, or she has the opportunity to refer it to me for me to give my counsel and my input. One of the things I've been reading of late the most is how, you know, marriages of especially immigrants have been scattered. Husband and wives in the name of I'm now in Canada threatening each other with cops calling the cops on one another husbands calling cops on the wives wives calling cops on the husbands if it's for a violent reason yes I may say yes to that but you're having disagreement and argument and all of that and you think the next thing is because you, you, you were the one who brought her to Canada the very next thing is for you to call the cops on her so they could get her deported come on now The devil is really striking. I'm speaking to immigrants right now. Homes that were in unity back home before they got into this country. Now in this array in the name of freedom in a society. So you feel that because you are now in a, what do you call this kind of world now? Free world, you know, a civilized world, for example, all the values and virtues that made you a husband, a responsible husband and a responsible wife, before you left your home country, they are no longer valued. You'll see wives, you know, beginning to do, and money is a money, and you should go work yourself out, you know, if you want to bless the family. You see husband saying, you know, before any little thing, raise hands up and hit the wife. You see husbands, men rising up in this society to become absolutely irresponsible, especially towards the upbringing of their children. I'm not making this up, I'm a pastor. 
I sit in a privileged office that makes me to see many things. Many of these homes were not like this prior to coming here. Should what God has done for you, what should be a blessing for you? Why has it become a curse? Why has it become a bane? Everyone is now pursuing paychecks, bills upon bills. Wives no longer have understanding. The man was the same person feeding you, being responsible for the entire family before you guys got here. So he got here right now, now he's struggling to grapple with jobs. And you wife, you are failing. You need to be understanding and even remember, he was not always like that. You think he's going to die that way? No. Except he does not have God. And you are a husband. Now you are here because of all some, some, some of the nonsense, you know, that you've heard. That has now, you know, gotten into, into, your, into your memory, into your brain. You now feel that your wife can now be treated like a piece of trash. After all, you all are now in Canada. For the glory of the Lord to be revealed in someone's home. You know what that simply means? It means Christ is the center of your home. It means Christ is consistently seen in your home. That's what it means. Huh? For his glory to be revealed in your home. I told you, wherever the glory of the Lord tabernacles, his presence is there. His power is there. His pleasure is there. These days around here, you'll find wives standing up against their husbands. The right you have is the right to have. MJ, it's so bad that some women threaten, threaten their, their, their husbands in, under the guise of the lacuna in the society. Because they know and they believe that the society, you know, treats women more partially or whatever, you know, than it does, compassionately than the men. We know this society, the way it treats them. Children, number one, preferences are given. Then wives or ladies, number two, preferences are given. Then animals, dogs, cats, and all of all those preferences are given before it comes to the man. But I've also seen situations where a woman stood up against the husband and the cops showed up and the cops said, who was the first to hit? Who was the first? That, that changed my orientation also about this place. Because I feel now that, that the system also understands that the woman in the name of their protected, they take laws into their hands. And the cops said specifically, say, whoever is going to go to jail will be the first person who raised the fists. They won't say you should not have argument. Who threw something at who first? Who was the first person to go violent? And listen to me. In case you're a lady or a guy, you're single and you're under the sound of my voice. Don't marry a killy fire. Be smart and discerning. Think about your future. Think about your home. Don't marry simply because he's good looking. She's good looking. Don't marry because of what she does or what she does. Marry because you understand what it means to be married and you are committed to letting the glory of the Lord be revealed in that home. Marry because of that. Marry because of that. Every new immigrant, I mean, many, some of them are here. This is um, Brother Michael or Lawrence Reed. Brother Chikes is here. These are my people. They will tell you, 
the ones who give me the who sees me as um someone god's blessed and established in this society and who desires to to grow who desires a path i don't do it behind one another i'll call both the husband and the wife together and i'll say to their faces here you don't do my money is your money your money is our money if you know you want to proceed you want to gain speed you want to do achieve very fast in this country you guys as much as you can pull your resources and your funds pull them together one of my sons in this church was asking me, um, you know, a few years ago, after we took possessions of our home, was asking me about my mortgage and if I were the only one who is responsible for that. I said, how can I be the only one responsible for that? Am I the only one who lives in the house? <laughs> my wife and I, we pulled the funds together. You, no, 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 you, you, you want me to have bald hair before... And especially when you now marry a wife who likes good things. You know, one good thing. Yeah, you drop the money, man. You, you contribute to the upgrading of the house. Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate Jesus, somebody. Should I tell you the truth, sir and ma'am? There is no one I've given that counsel to. Brother Damlaro, I must have told you and your wife the same thing. There is no one I've given that counsel to whom God does not give speech to. God blesses truth. He blesses togetherness, not singleness. He blesses togetherness. Together, where two or more people are gathered in his name, there he is among them. He blesses togetherness. Two, they are better than one. That's what the word of the Lord says. You can be single and God will bless you. But I'm telling you this moment that more blessings will come your way if you become two. You'll gain speed. God bless you. One will chase a thousand. Two will put ten thousand to flight. You cannot break God's word. There is no one I've given that counsel to who don't come back to say, I remember in the church we were attending before God led us to start in lofty height. There was this family there. And the Lord, they came to me and said, they've heard a bit about me and blah, blah, blah. That what do I have to say to them? Same thing I said to them. I said, the moment you're not doing, it is my own, not your own. It belongs to me, not to you. You will gain speed. Do you know that practically all of them, in less than a year, a year and a half, at the extreme true, they get a house. Yet, in this same nation, I've seen couples Supposed couple married six years, working well, both of them, huh? without a roof over their head in their name. You know the reason why? I mean, you know the reason already. Because they're always, you know, disjointed in discord when it comes to pulling the resources together. You see, it's so serious that many of you don't, you live in a society where you don't even understand fully the operational system or structure in the same society. Do you know that this system itself, even as I'm describing it to favor, you know, even the animals over the men, do you know it favors family unit? Do you all know that here, um, except otherwise, maybe there is an issue. Your child benefit goes to the mother, not to the father. Do you know that what comes to you from the government in this system, in this society, it is dependent on what you and your partner makes? If they wanted you separate or not together, you know, they would have dealt with each, and each one, you know, individually, but they don't do that. They are smart. It's glory in your home. 
I speak over every relationship going through tough times and challenges this moment that the peace of the Lord will be still in the mighty name of Jesus. A while ago, um, two of my children in this church came to meet me and said that, um, you know, they, um, they love one another, blah, blah, blah. They want to be in a relationship. I said, oh, yeah. I said, you got my blessings. I said, but just one thing I'm going to say to you. Let your relationship be such that draw all that single people in church to going into relationships, not the type that discourages them. I was specific and I said, do it and be a kind of couple such that people see you and they are praying, Lord, make my relationship like that of X and Y. That was the kind of relationship this lady and I had in our church before we got married. I want you to know without any other of doubt today that God has a plan of his glory resting in your home and marital destiny. And they are very lofty plans. One of the most critical choices, or one of the most critical choices, oh, guys, this um, time is paused. Hallelujah. One of the most critical choices or choices you'd ever make on earth is the choice of who to marry. You see, there are three choices. I've talked about this repeatedly. On YouTube, you'll find a message titled um, Choices and Consequences. Go listen to that message. There are three most important choices that a man would ever make that would define a man's destiny till Jesus calls him home or till he goes to hellfire. Number one, <laughs> number one is the choice of who to worship. Who deserves the bowing down of your head? And see, everybody bows to something, oh. Don't say because they don't come to church. I mean, they, 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 I mean they, uh, don't say because um, they don't believe in God, so they don't bow to anything. No, they, build, they bow to no God. You don't know there is a God called no God, and people worship. They call them atheists. Bow, who will receive your worship? That's number one choice. Very critical. The second choice, most critical that a man would ever make in life, is the choice of association. Because the company a man keeps will determine what will accompany the person. The choice of association. Who will be my friend? Who should I permit in my immediate circle? The third is the choice of who to spend the rest of your life with. It's so sad that even as a pastor, when I see dangers ahead and I begin to you know, counsel and tell people, say, see, this that you're doing with this person is not going to work. This is not godly. This relationship is not of the Lord. Even the ones who are closest to me as my spiritual children, they disobey me in the name of love. Sorry, lost. Where I come from, there's an adage that says that what an elder sees sitting down, if a child grows goes on top of a tree as tall as maybe 100 feet your eyes will never see it some of them have received the counsel some of them did not it's because i know what i'm saying and i know what i'm doing see you cannot marry everybody is good looking is a very silly foolish reason to want to spend the rest of your life with him 
She's a good girl. It's a silly reason to want to spend the rest of your life with her. She may be good and not be yours. She may be a Mr. It may be a Mr. Nice Guy and not be the Mr. Right for you. Okay. Amen. I'm trying to be careful, you know, because there are, there are many things, you know, experiences and things that I could share with you to drive this message home. That's why I keep saying to those who are single, please. You know, we had, um, what was that thing that we have that people ask um, questions? Village Square, God bless you. We had Village Square and um, somebody had asked a question, I think that was last year or year before, because I had said something to the tune of, uh, if you're single and you're going into a relationship, learn to submit the relationship to your pastor. And someone had asked a really question and say, why do I need to submit my relationship to my pastor? And I responded, if you want it built on Christ, you want his glory revealed, you've got to. It's for the check and balance. If he says yes to you, but does not want to meet your pastor, sister, run. Brother, if he says he loves you, but he says, for now, let's keep it away from pastor. Brother, she's a killy fire. Take to your heels. I'm not teaching you the things I did not practice. After my wife and I met each other in a church setting just like Lofty Heights, in the year 2009 or 2010. And I felt that this is going to be it. And you know, then too, she was all around me. <laughs> Come on. Your mama was begging me, following me up and down. Am I right, Sister Peace? <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. She was going on a seven-day fast. Father, touch his heart. Let him see me. Brother, so God now had mercy on her, glory to Jesus, and gave her brother Teju. Hallelujah! Come on, celebrate Jesus! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Amen! Come on, celebrate Lady T. We were both. We, you see, the way my wife and I carry God's business on our heads, as though it's it's in no more. We don't care. That's the that was the way I met her. So that Sunday I told, I said, things are beginning to brew between you and I. You liked me, you like me, I like you. I said, I respect my pastor a whole lot. And I know you do too. And to let you know that I mean this well. Because, you know, there were other sisters too in church who were seeing Brother Teju. Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate Jesus. So I told, I said, we need to go and see Pastor Momo. That's the name of my pastor after service. That Sunday, immediately after service, I grabbed her hand, went to see my pastor at the corner, and we came there. My pastor's wife too was there, and I said to Pastor, I said, Pastor, I just want you to know that your daughter and I, we've not started, but it appears as though we would like to become closer friends and see where this leads us. My pastor said, Ah, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. So I was wondering why he was saying, Lord, thank you. Then he went on to say, do you know, every time I see you, 
and Sister Toro. Because we're serving in units and all of that together. Every time I see you and Sister Toro together, say, I was just always praying, Lord, just open Brother Teju's eyes. He's always so spiritual. Just open his eyes. Open his eyes. Let him see. Let him see Sister Toro. Let him see Sister Toro. My pastor said, he is so glad and he blessed the relationship. Where my pastor is today is even no longer in that parish. He's super proud. I mean, think about it. Of what God is doing through me and my wife in this city. Because that was a relationship that began and was culminated in his, in his, under his ministry. What about you, dear brother, dear sister? Don't marry a killy fire. That lady teased um, lingo. In case you don't know, a killy fire is somebody who would quench your spiritual fervency, your fervor. Those are the people my wife usually refers to as killy fire. Killy fire comes in two shades, a male or a female. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Don't marry one. The one who would discourage you, you know, from, from coming into God's house. The one who would always be lamenting as so how many times you, you sing in church and how many times you show up for rehearsal. No, he's not fitting for you. She does not deserve you. That's a killy fire. That one will not join forces with you, you know, to chase ten, tens of thousands. No. That one would even reduce the number of people you can chase. The Bible says one will chase a thousand. You will not be able to chase a thousand alone. It may be 500 if God has mercy on you. And you see, these things are there. One lady, some time ago, came to us and told us that she'd found a guy and she wanted to spend the rest of, the li- of her life with a guy. First question first. Have you guys started shiki-shiki and shaka-shaka? Do you live together? And let me let you understand, in case you don't know where I stand, I don't support cohabiting. That, yes, that's single married. You're not married, but you're passing the night with one another in one another's place. I don't. I'm your pastor. You may not like me after now, but I owe it to God to teach you according to the scripture. Bible says that the bed must be undefiled. So she came and she started talking to us and all of that. And I'd seen the guy once. And as she was talking, I was searching my spirit. And the Lord said to me, the relationship is not of me. I didn't have the kind of relationship with her to tell her upfront and say no. For some of my spiritual daughters and sons, I can be upfront and say, I don't, you are going to knock off that relationship like right now. But for many people, I'm not able to, to say that. I'll just leave. I'll just say, oh yeah, you, you feel it's your choice, it's your choice. Oh, yeah, it's your choice. They will even tell you they prayed, God said it's this and that. I'll say, oh yeah. Right there and then where we were, myself, my wife, and this pretty lady, she received the phone call. It was the guy barking on the phone on her supposedly not married and wanting us 
to join together, then together in holy matrimony. I'm sharing with you real life story, true story. So we began to put measures in place, set them up for counseling and all of that to get married. What we did not know was that they actually have been living together and they actually have been married. Yet you lied to your pastor. Many people don't fear God. And I don't know how you, because I don't do it to my pastors. He'd call you to ask you A, you'd say B, and you'd know you're lying. And you feel, no, a man of God. So one day, things scattered in the home, and as usual, they called me and said, I should come. I got there. I found broken TV, broken laptop, broken table, everything broken. Real life, I stand on God's altar, I lie not. Everything broken. And under the laptop, I found a wedding certificate or marriage certificate. And I brought it out. I said, you guys are married? They went cold, silent. I was gobsmacked. You just didn't deceive me. You also deceived the house of the Lord. So that sets the tone for where such relationship would end. So then, having known that they were married, there was little or nothing I could do. Right? No, I mean, you, I can't say go and divorce. I can ask you to go and separate if it's a violent situation. But I will not say, you know, don't, don't go ahead. So then, what do you then need to do at that point? It will then begin to... That means that you've given yourself huh, a prayer project. And the guy will beat the lady blue-black. I'm not kidding you. I didn't go into, um, into um, what do you call it, emergency section of General Hospital. On the minimum three times, MD, MJ, you'll be my witness. On one particular Sunday, after preaching to you all like I'm preaching right now, went to the restaurant with my family, you know, to dine before we head home so that we could end the day. And I received a phone call. It was the wife. It was the wife. Pregnant. And in the hospital. Beating bull black. I abandoned everything I was doing. I went to the hospital, bleeding through her nose, torn and protruded. On particular occasion, to secure her life, she had to run to my house, 2 a.m. in the midnight. And I gave access, you know, to my um, garage code. And I said, this is the garage code. So go, go come in, and she went in. At that period, maybe seven, eight months pregnant. I was with us for how long? Like a month. I was with us for us for about a month. Don't feel pity. It's simply because she did not heed counsel. 
This was someone upon whose hand the, the hand of the Lord was. Glory to Jesus. Upon whose hand the hand of the Lord was. The husband, or supposed husband, was serving in church too. Was in guest experience team. Before I could know anything, guess what this guy was doing? We used the privilege of the information card and access to guest experience to be chasing after ladies who came into church for the first time. This is a real life story I'm sharing with you. Glory to Jesus. So, as I wrap up the teaching, what are God's plans? Number one, a godly home. What a godly home? It's a Christ-centered home. That's a home where Christ is at the center. Glory to Jesus. Number two, Number two, God's plans for your home. It's for it to be a model home. What a model home. The kind of home that encourages every other person, you know, to, uh, to want to be part of it, to want to be like it. Glory to Jesus. I did check your message. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what a godly home is. What a godly home. Or maybe what's God's plan, rather. It's a kind of home uh, that influences others. Glory to Jesus. It does what? Influences others. And this is God's desire. A home after his heart. A home where his glory is revealed. Sadly, some married believers are the reasons why some single sisters and brothers are vowed never to get married again. Because your home has been influencing these young people wrongly, has been giving them a testament of what it means not to be married. Many, some of those who've chosen not to be married, it's because of the experiences that they've seen. But Christ desires that you let his presence, his power, his pleasure, that is his beauty, you know, to rest upon your home. You must be able to put in the work. How do you put in the work? In making the glory of the Lord revealed in your home. Trust and openness. I know some of you, I'm not asking you to stop. I know some of you hide your phones from your spouse. And now, if that is the way you've chosen to be living together, both of you, that's fine. If that is the way you've chosen to be living, that's fine. But if truly two are better than one or two, they become one flesh. If this person is their flesh, why do that? I don't have time for my wife's phone. That's me. Don't go and do what pleases your home, what suits your home. All right? People have different reasons why that, not necessarily because you think your spouse is cheating on you. 
fact, my protocols, they have access to my phone because it is not passworded. Trust and openness. It is for your good to be truthful to your partner as to how much you earn such that they would know how to temperate their expectations of you. I learned this from one of my bosses many years ago as a banker. I must be in 2006 or 2005. He told me then, I was a young guy, said his wife knows how much he earned. And because of where I was coming from, I was like, ah, he must be a foolish man. How would you tell your partner how much you earn? How would you tell your wife how much you earn? But now I know better. You see the jacket lady is wearing? When she mounts the podium, you don't like what she wears. Okay. If you don't tell her how much you earn, she would want to buy more of those things, thinking you have more money to buy them. So, brother Chikes, it's for your good, sir. For Sister Funke to know how much you earn. <clears throat> Glory to Jesus. That was the wisdom the brother gave me. And said so that the expectation, they will know. Because some of you, one of the reasons why, you know, there are issues in the home, it's simply on finances. As a matter of fact, BMO surveyed, BMO surveyed, the Bank of Montreal did a survey. Reasons for divorce in, across Canada, finances, lack of sexual, um, you know. Uh, no, let me read it in order for you, for you to listen to. Listen to this now. The survey, reasons for divorce in order, finances. In Canada, infidelity, falling out of love, or unequal sex appeal, unequal sex drive, that satisfaction, glory to Jesus, when it comes to sex. And the survey also says that over 40,000 arrests are made yearly across Canada as a result of domestic violence. Over 40,000 arrests are made every year in Canada as a result of domestic violence. So you need to put in the work, trust and openness. Tell them the truth. It's for your good. Number two, communication. Your husband cannot read your mind. Okay, for me, it's even more dangerous as a man of God because... The prophetic gift is upon me and I see things. I tell my wife all the time, if you don't say it out, don't think because he has grace, God will now show him, show it to him. I may not see it. If you know you want me to see it, you let your mouth say it. Communication. Number three, a forgiving heart. Any union that will last would be an amalgamation or combination of two hearts who have chosen to be forgiven of one another. How do you make his glory revealed? You must know that marriage is God's idea. And those of you who've gotten married and never really thought about this, that you're actually lifting Jesus' name up by choosing to get married to your partner, you need to go and do that. Consciously seek to honor God. Consciously do what? Consciously seek to honor. I did not say you should honor God. I said you should consciously do that. Consciously seek to honor God. I told one of my daughters before, you know, advised and I said, this couple you are moving with, they will change your reasoning, your sense as to what marriage really looks like. 
for your good, stop following them. One was smart, the other was not so smart. A forgiving heart. A forgiving heart. It is Christ's desire that his glory be formed in your home. That your children will grow up to know Christ. In my children's school, they speak about the both of them so glowingly as to how they lift up the name of the Lord. And can I also say this? In case you're under the sound of my voice, you're not married or you're married, you have a little baby. Can I beseech you by the mercies of the Lord? Do all you can to make sure your children attend the Catholic system school, not the public one. I'm begging you. In the Catholic system, there is some level of modesty, decorum, and all of all those stuff. In the public system, even in my area there in the Greens on Gardner, you know what you see? You see Canadian flag, you see Saskatchewan flag, and you see the third flag. Exposing children, you know, to all sorts of stuff that's against, inimical to their growth and the word of the Lord. Is glory in your home. I feel so strongly within me this morning to pray for someone who's vowed never to marry again that the Lord will heal your heart, that you'll be open to loving again, and that in this year, 2022, the Lord will set you maritally. Rise up on your feet this morning, everybody. I need you to talk to God, and I need you to say to him, Lord, help me to build a home that is after yours. Help me to build a home that is after you. Lord, help me to build a home that will honor you. Help me to build a home that will honor you. I perceive that there is a couple under the sound of my voice, and both the husband and the wife or so. You know, you need to get back home today and apologize to one another and tell each other sorry. See, are, are, you, not, are you not tired of constant argument? and troubles that's not part of God's desire his glory will not rest in a home that is in strife a home that is always striving his home can his glory cannot rest there all eyes closed all eyes bowed in lofty height we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord and so if you've not accepted the Lordship of Jesus, would you please all eyes closed, all eyes bowed, say this after me. Dear Father, I thank you and I honor you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the salvation of my soul. I repent today that you are my Lord and my Savior. I declare that you died. I confess that you rose again. Please save me and make me yours forever. Fill me with your spirit and saturate my heart with your love. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. If you receive that word this morning, would you please celebrate Jesus? We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. 
We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.